small business news, advice, and education. This is Startup BizCast. Hello and welcome everyone. This is Startup BizCast number 62. I'm your host, Steve Mullen, president of Endgame Public Relations. Startup BizCast is the small business advice podcast that takes less time than your average coffee break. It's produced by BizPods, the corporate podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. For more information, please visit endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts. Remember that web link your cousin emailed you last week, the one with the funny song or joke or picture? That link is an example of an item on the web going viral or spreading across the net by people linking to it or emailing it to friends. This week on Startup BizCast, I travel out of the studio to visit with Dave Saunders, president of advertising and new media firm Madison & Main. He and I had a conversation in his office about how you can use viral marketing to promote your business. Before we get to that, though, let's take a look at business news from this past week in the BizCast Brief. As I'm recording this podcast, former Hurricane Gustav is still making trouble for the Gulf Coast states, and there are two other named storms, plus a tropical depression in the Atlantic, just waiting to take their turn at the eastern or southern United States, causing destruction to not only homes, but also businesses. Whether you're listening to this podcast before or after those storms hit, it's a good idea to make sure your small business is ready for disasters. Attorney Chris Lim from the AIM Law Firm in Miami, a firm that focuses on disaster law, says there are a number of steps you should take, such as taking photos of all your office equipment before and after the storm, making sure your important documents are secure, and saving all of your receipts if it's necessary to stay in a hotel for a while after the storm. Those expenses may be reimbursable by the insurance company. You can find more tips like these in the article linked on the Startup BizCast blog. Another great resource for disaster preparedness is the Small Business Administration website. Go to sba.gov forward slash services forward slash disaster assistance for more information. And you can find that link on the Startup BizCast blog as well. In other news this week, there's a mixed reaction among small business owners in Maryland to the state's new small business health insurance subsidy. At issue is the rule that companies must have at least two full-time employees to qualify, and that leaves out sole proprietors and many family-run businesses. The U.S. presidential campaign is rolling on despite interruptions from tropical weather. One of the Los Angeles Times blogs this week takes a good look at each candidate's stance on small business issues. You can find that link and others in this week's Small Business Recommended Reading, found on the Startup BizCast blog. Time now for this week's Startup BizCast Small Business Advice segment. As small business owners, we want people to talk about us and our services. We'd love for people to email their friends about us or even link to our offerings from their own websites. One way big companies get people to do this is by launching viral marketing campaigns. Coming up in a moment, I will join Dave Saunders from advertising and new media firm Madison & Maine in his office. We'll talk about tips on how you can use viral marketing for your own small business. This program is produced by BizPods, the podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. To find out how your organization can join the podcasting revolution, please visit www.endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts. We're back, and I'm now sitting in the office of David Saunders, president of Madison and Maine, an advertising and new media firm in Richmond, Virginia. David, thanks so much for giving us some of your time this week and having us over. Thank you very much for having me. Now, first off, tell us about yourself and Madison and Maine. Um, well, Madison, Maine is a 
Uh, currently, 15 uh, hardworking, creative, uh, dedicated people. Um, we, uh, we work with emerging companies, generally between 15 and 1,500 employees. Uh, we're a creative services firm, provide a full range of advertising and marketing solutions uh, for emerging companies. Um, based in Richmond, Virginia, but we've got clients from Solana Beach, California to Ronkakama, New York, <laughs> and everywhere in between. We're here today to talk about viral marketing for small businesses. What is viral marketing? Uh, viral is uh, just like the flu. It spreads. Uh, it's contagious. It has a lot of different characteristics. Um, viral marketing, um, uh, certain aspects of viral marketing that we use, for example, would be viral videos. Um, the third most visited website on the planet right now is YouTube. Um, on YouTube, one of the most um, visited or downloaded uh, videos is a guy doing a really silly dance. And last time I checked, 192 million people have watched this guy dancing. Um, so in some respects, that's viral. In other words, it's spread by word of mouth, through email, through various methods, through the web. We try to take content like that, in this case, the silly guy dancing, and put a marketing message in there, something that's sticky. Um, uh, an example of that would be uh, um, uh, one of our kind of cousins here in the Richmond market. The Martin Agency uses this very effectively with Geico. Uh, they have a website called cavemanscrib.com, and uh, people go there to see the cavemen that you see in the Geico ads. Um, they're, it's almost like a, a webisode, so to speak, for mm -hmm. television. Uh, it's funny. People hear about it, and it spreads virally. Is this a tactic that small businesses can use, perhaps not necessarily on the same level or scale as a larger business, but is there a way they can use the tactic? Uh, small businesses using viral marketing usually get it done accidentally. <laughs> uh, there's a great example of a, of a guy uh, on the Montgomery flea market uh, uh, ad. He did a television ad in Montgomery, Alabama for a company called Montgomery Flea Market. And the guy decided to do it a little bit differently. He suited up and he started doing a rap. Montgomery, flea market. Well, people liked it. It was so bad, it was good. And uh, next thing you know, he's on Jay Leno. Uh, he's on uh, all over the web and millions of people have seen his ad. And it's a tremendously successful business now. And he even sells his T-shirts with his own likeness on there. For small business owners doing viral marketing, I think they should be uh, a lot more uh, tempered in terms of their expectations of what they can do. Um, they may not want to, if you put a video out on the web explaining a product and service, you need to make sure that it's compelling enough for people to pick it up and spread it around. Let's talk about some types of content that could go viral. Most popular medium, I guess, video. Video. Um, that there, there, uh, as the web has progressed, most things have gone towards video. Really, viral marketing has a couple of different components. Um, it has to be um, odd or funny or gross or sexy or something that appeals to uh, people's uh, more baser instincts, let's say. Uh, the reason uh, that uh, uh, you see videos on YouTube where a guy um, falls down a flight of stairs uh, it's, it's slapstick, in a sense. Um, um, as long as he doesn't genuinely get hurt, people think it's funny. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I saw recently was uh, redneck women on trampolines, and it was a compilation of like 45 women jumping around in the backyard on trampolines. And, of course, hilarity ensues because they all fall off the trampolines. A guy had used this footage uh, to basically 
um, um, brand a, uh, a medical facility in the Midwest that has 24-hour medical care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do those two mix together? Uh, for, uh, yeah, the, the women falling off the trampoline, uh-huh. they're breaking things, uh, they're scraping elbows, they're uh, they're landing on children, uh, and and all of them would obviously probably need 24-hour medical care at some point. There you go. So there's the tie-in. So they're using user-generated content and a compilation basically to get the marketing message out. Things spread around on the web, uh, typically if, if they're funny, if it's, if it's informational, it's usually not good enough to be viral. It has to be compellingly informational. Um, it has to be something you've never heard of before and you want to share it. It's almost too good to be true sort of informational. And a lot of it is, uh, at this point, trial and error because really viral marketing on the web is a relatively new phenomenon. Uh, you can, think something will be the next greatest best thing and that you're going to get 192 million visits and be completely wrong. Um, and the other side of things, um, we put out a video for, uh, uppies, uh, gas stations, uh, the program we did with the local supermarket chain and, uh, our client. And it was two minutes and it showed people that the gas pumps saving money on their gasoline. And it had some moms and some kids, and it wasn't particularly compelling. And we thought, eh, we get, you know, a little bit of views on this. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people are viewing this and downloading it and watching it. This two- and three-minute video segment. Well, timing was everything. It happened to come out on the day where gas was at an all-time high, like 4.07 a gallon. Right. So timing, and there, there's a variety of factors there. But uh, that's kind of taken on a life of its own, not just in this market, but in other markets. Now, which brings me to my next question. What can be done to get the ball rolling? If you do manage to create something that's compelling, that you think people will really like and pass on to their friends, how do you get the ball rolling? Uh, the, the main thing is with social media. And we're talking about the web and cell and, and, and sites like YouTube and Facebook and MySpace and all that. Social media is different than traditional media because you have to build an audience first as opposed to putting a message in front of an audience. By that, I mean with television, you have an audience. I buy an audience if I put an ad on the NBC Nightly News. With social media, it could take me a year or two to build an audience that is as big as the NBC Nightly News. So with social media, you build an audience through friends and connections and social networking and cyberspace and then put the message in front of them. So it's, it's, it's very different um, in respect to how you put that out. How you go about it as a startup uh, or as a small business owner is um, I would I would recommend building the network first and then putting the message out to them once you feel you've got a significant audience built. Mm-hmm. Spend the majority of your time not on trying to be overly promotional or put the message out, but try to build the audience first. I think that's the thing. People try to put the message out, but they don't have an audience yet. I guess one way to do it without that audience built up is to find someone who has the audience, like a blogger or something along those lines, who's willing to post it on their blog and hopefully get it going. That helps. Yeah, you have to – You uh, we call those sites aggregators. Um, in uh, uh, When you're looking at uh, uh, blogging, um, for instance, it's not enough to just build a blog on Blogger. You need to build an audience, and you can do that through a variety of ways with uh, RSS syndication, but also really having it linked. Blogging is interactive. It's not just publishing. 
a lot of times people think that blogging is self-publishing. Blogging is self-publishing, but it, blogging is interactive self-publishing. You must go out and comment and post and do all the wonderful things on other people's blogs to get them to link to yours. And that's part of the building the network process or building the audience process. So it's not enough just to go on, log on, build a blog, and put something on. The other thing is that you have to put content on, and it has to be fresh. A client um, last year wanted us to build a blog, and he was going to be solely responsible for the content. And along about December, he really, really was upset because nobody was reading his blog. And I looked at the blog, and I immediately found out why. He had not put any content on since July. So there you have it. Uh, he'd never gone out to get any links, and it just sat there. Um, and I liken social media to networking in real life. If you go to a networking event and you stand in the corner and you don't speak to anybody and you never hand out your business cards and you never smile and you never shake anybody's hand, how are you going to meet anybody? Exactly. In social media, if you don't connect, request, uh, et cetera, in social media, you don't connect either. Sure. And, you know, obviously there needs to be something there for people to read, obviously, they, or they won't come back. They got to have content. Sure. So, and to take that analogy further, at the networking event, when you do talk to someone, you have to have something interesting to say. Right, right, right. <laughs> you got to get past the small talk. You, sure. you can't just say, hi, how are you? How's the weather? You have to deliver content to them. Mm -hmm. Now, what about transparency? There's been a lot of planting of fake news stories and videos over the last few years. It seems like it's becoming a popular game on the web to spot viral marketing before its creators come clean. Is it a bad thing to deceive the public? I think it is a bad thing to deceive the public. Um, it's a general rule. It's not necessarily ethical from an advertising, from marketing, from a PR standpoint. Um, from a branding standpoint, if they, I, I had a definition of this uh, 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 that, that, that I got a couple years ago with um, a creative director we worked with named Michael Mullen. He's at Barbara Martin. Um, Michael, no relation, by the way. Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Michael said, a brand at the end of the day is the truth. It's the truth about you, your company, etc. In other words, if your, your brand is the truth and you're putting out the truth about your company, then deceiving them with a fake planted news story or fake news uh, or uh, misleading content, if you're sending it out virally, not a good thing for your brand because it's going to go against what your brand is. And can that backfire? We see a lot of it, so it must work to some extent. In, in some respects, some things are just smart. Now, maybe a year ago, uh, there was a guerrilla marketing campaign in Boston right. uh, for the, uh, I can't remember the name of the cartoon. It's cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, and basically they had little blinking uh, robots under bridges in different places, and people thought they were bombs. They've got millions of dollars worth of PR out of this guerrilla marketing campaign. And the cost was really bailing two chuckleheads out of jail and paying, you know, $150 fine for littering. Sure. Well-conceived, everything else. And there wasn't any deception there, but it was crafted in a way to make it look like an event. And so that kind of thing is a fine line. Yes, it works. And we do guerrilla marketing campaigns. And the most the client gets into on the trouble side is like a ticket for littering or a nuisance or ordinance for the people that are handing out information or, or that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it can backfire, 
um, if you're putting out information that's uh, not quite correct. It's okay to shock the audience. It's okay to do something that's different or differentiates you or distinguishes you from the competition. It's not good to present something that, that's not the truth. Final question now, what's the most important piece of advice for someone who wants to start a viral campaign other than building the audience? Because we've already talked about that. Like Apple Computer's motto, uh, what is it? Think different. Uh, but correctly, it would be think differently. It would be an adverb. Think differently. Um, do something that is different. Um, if you sell widgets and there are 10 other guys in town that sell widgets and you all sell about the same price and you sell the same brand of widget and um and and there's nothing really to distinguish you you need to find the one thing that distinguishes your company or your type of widget your customer service or your this or your that that's different and then push that out so if it is successful, that message and that, that one thing that distinguishes you is the thing that people remember from seeing the content. That's probably the best advice I can give you. And uh, when all else fails, use humor. There's nothing better to connect on a personal level than to be humorous. Um, um, if you're in a business that is not necessarily known for its humor, that's probably a great place to start. Okay, great advice all around. David Saunders, president of advertising and new media firm Madison & Maine. Thanks for letting us visit with you today. Thank you very much. To learn more about Madison & Maine and see some examples of viral campaigns they've conducted, go to madisonmaine.com. This episode's running a bit long, so I may as well make it longer by adding one more thing. I just wanted to say a quick thank you. Startup BizCast listenership has been growing rapidly over the past month or two. This is due in part to finally being added to the Zoom marketplace, but it's also because of listeners like you telling your friends. So I wanted to say thank you if you've done that. Thank you to my brand new listeners. And if you like this podcast series, please continue to spread the word. If you really like it, please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for listening. That's a wrap for episode 62 of Startup BizCast. I'm Steve Mullen.